Hey, Cinemaxtic fans, this is your host, Max Leadum at Max Vazzi of the Cinemaxtic Podcast. Just checking in to let you all know that we're almost finished with our new podcast studio that we'll be doing some recording, some video stuff, a lot of exciting things coming soon. We also have our buddy Jordan coming back, our producer slash seducer himself, who will be giving us all the great audio quality and editing that you remember. So, I apologize again for the choppy audio. I apologize again for the choppy editing, but that is almost all over as Cinemaxic 2.0 launches next month. On today's episode of Force Vision, we discuss all Star Wars, you fucking nerds, you stupid bitches. You shut your mouth. We're talking about Star Wars and you're going to fucking like it. I said shut your mouth. I did the intro for you. You know, it was really nice of you to do it. We should really do an intro. And I figured if we ever do one without Max, we could call it Cinemaxless. (laughs) (laughs) That would be really funny. That actually is. That would be really funny. Cinemaxless. Uh, that tickled me pretty good. That's funny. That's very funny. Um, so it's been a while since we've done a Force Vision, so I'm pretty excited to go into this. We've got a lot of Star Wars news we wanted to talk about. Uh, anyone want to get anything off their uh, off their chest about how their day's going so far before we do uh, you know go any further? Oh, it's fucking Monday. Yeah, I did. Uh... Right. You damn right it is. And. <laughs> Uh, Mom made some delicious grilled chicken tenders for a side salad, and it was just phenomenal. Just phenomenal. That's nice. On today's Force Vision, we have a jam-packed episode. We're going to talk about everything that was announced at uh, D23, Disney's Comic-Con of sorts, over the weekend, including The Mandalorian, the Obi-Wan Kenobi surprise announcement, the uh, the Rise of Skywalker snippet, and, of course, can't talk about that snippet without talking about what is going on with Darkseid Ray. That's all going to happen right here, right now. It's time to dive in. This is the Force Vision Podcast. Yes. It has been... I want to say eight weeks since we've done a Force Vision. I feel like it's been quite some time since we've gotten together for the old Force Vision. Let me take a look. It has been since June 1st. So it has been almost three months since our last Force Vision. To, to, in our defense, news has been scarce. It has been a little uh, less than um, frequent, I would say, Just with the, like it. The, Star Wars, the Star Wars news. So uh, I feel like today is the best, the best time uh, to ta- have a Star Wars podcast because I feel like, uh, um, sorry, there's something wobbling on my table and I'm trying to remove it silently. So if I'm coming in out here, that's what's going on. Um, so I felt like today was the best day to get together and do a podcast. We have some really juicy uh, new details coming out of D23. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to talk about them, guys. Uh, as always, I'm your host, Max Fozzi. Uh, Max Leadum at Max Fozzi, rather, as I always mess up, at Instagram and at Letterboxd. You can find me there. No longer Twitter. Deleted that. We'll see how long that lasts. Tim, 
Reichmith is also my co-host today at Stimprist. Huh? Said sup. Yes. Uh, Tim Trist back again in his typical chair. He was, uh, what was he? Was he gone last week? Yeah, it was just Danner and I it doing was. this last it's been week. A, so. It's been a while. Yeah, so it's been about two weeks. So welcome back, Tim. And uh, of course, to round out our round table here, we have Tanner Rush at Danger Rush. How you doing, buddy? Pretty good. Pretty good. I feel really good about this episode. I feel like there's a lot to talk about with uh, the Star Wars universe, and I, uh, I, I'm excited to, uh, to dive into everything that we saw. So, without further ado, let's talk about what's in the news. Let's talk about what was in the news this week. And uh, leading off, of course, we're going to talk about Disney+. Plus. Disney+. Plus is Disney's streaming service rival that is going to compete with the likes of Netflix, uh, Amazon Prime, Video, well, not Hulu anymore because they own Hulu, and um, Apple, and you know every other streaming service because there's about 15,000 of them out there. Apple, uh, uh, Disney Plus is going to compete with that. Now, Disney Plus's lineup looks rather good. They, they have brought out the big guns to launch this project, which Bob Iger has said is, uh, of course, Bob Iger is the CEO of Disney. Uh, he has said this is his crown jewel um, that he is going to accomplish before he finally he, he leaves the uh, mantle of CEO of Disney behind. So with that came a lot of uh, Star Wars news, where we will be getting our very first live action Star Wars movie, we, or Star Wars show. <laughs> Sorry. The first movie ever? The first Star Wars movie ever. Tim, you're sounding a little distant, by the way. You might want to step up on your mic again. Uh, just a little. I'm little literally bit. right next to my microphone. So I think, there we uh, go. Get intimate with it. There you are. Um, and uh, yeah, so we're getting our very first live action Star Wars show, which, of course, is The Mandalorian. We've talked about it before on the show. Today, we get to finally talk about the trailer that you all have seen in detail. Because, you know, we talked about the trailer when we saw it at Star Wars Celebration. It's it, not the same trailer. It, it's not it's the same different trailer. footage. It's yeah. different footage, and it's, it's, you know, not something that was, it was not the easiest thing to describe. So now we kind of can talk about something you guys have all seen, and we're excited to uh, talk about that here. So without further ado, Tanner, you saw the Mandalorian trailer. What did you think of this show? Uh, I'm excited. I didn't think, uh, I mean, I was a little on the fence about having to subscribe to a whole new service, but I'm sold with this new trailer. It looks uh, very cool. I like the sort of the Western uh, hyper-violent vibe it's putting off. Yeah. I was I was very shocked to see the amount of violence that was in this trailer, and I saw like some of the footage already early, but the the amount of violence that was in this trailer here um, was a little shocking. The dude getting cut in half by the door by the well, right there. yeah, you don't see that. It's we're left to believe that's what's going to happen. I, I hope that's what actually happens, and they don't pull a fast one and have him like. It just gets stuck. Stop the door at the last second or something like. 
No, I, 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 that fully looked like he was getting his ass cut in half. Uh, I, I think that's actually going to happen. I thought it was cool with the, the stormtrooper heads on spikes. I, I'm Could have just been helmets. Yeah, that's what I was saying. I think it's just helmets. I don't think it's actually like their heads are inside there. But, it, you know, this would be the first time we've seen a decapitated helmet and uh, can assume that the head is still inside. Uh, rest in peace, Django. Uh, you see the head fly out. Do you? Yeah, when he gets his head cut off, I think the helmet hits the ground and you see something go rolling away. It's very fast. Well, that's that's messed up. Um, but I'm like 90% certain the head goes flying out of the helmet. George Lucas likes cutting off limbs. And he likes to cut off hands and he likes well, to cut off hands. I mean, when your heroes have fucking swords, it's bound to happen. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the Western vibe of it all... I also really loved the score that was going over the trailer. It really set yeah. um, uh, up the of the show. And and what Tim can vouch for this as well. Tim, would you say that the trailer here obviously was was far and away more polished than I even thought that they could have gone from? Now the the footage we saw earlier at Star Wars Celebration wasn't very polished. It did make me feel a little nervous. It felt almost a little too TV. But this trailer looked like a total cinematic experience. It looked like a film. It, it They really have uh, done a really great job with this. Tim, could you uh, vouch for that? I mean, we, we didn't really see a whole lot. Um, I mean, based on what we did see, yeah, I thought they, I, I, I thought they did a pretty good job. Um, you know, we, we, I still, we saw more at, at Star Wars Celebration, right? Because, so we, we saw, got, we, we saw active scenes. So, um, it, it did uh, definitely look a little bit more touched up and it, it made it look darker than what we were led on to believe. Yeah. Like we had the assumption it was going to be dark, but this looked a little grittier and I, I really liked the feel kind of as what Tanner alluded to earlier. Um, the whole like Western feel and kind of, you know, get it, get explored the, the darker side, the, the undergrounds of star Wars instead of just, you know, being at the very top of the resistance. So you're going to see what's going on underneath the entire time. Yeah. And another thing I thought was kind of surprising is in this, so at celebration, we saw a sizzle reel slash like trailer type of thing. It wasn't like necessarily a cohesive thing. Um, and then we saw like an actual scene uh, that was about, I don't know, a five minute long scene. They didn't show much, but what I thought was interesting in the scene we saw, we, we had a clear, um, direction that the show was going with the fact that he the mandalorian is hunting someone he has been paid a bounty to go hunt uh somebody and um in the show in the clip we saw made it clear that it's a very secretive person he has to go find now all bets are on that that secretive person is going to be a character we know because i doubt they put that much mystery into uh. who he's hunting if it's not going to be some sort of uh you know, surprise of some kind. Um, in this trailer, it didn't show. I mean, it didn't really, he, it, no one said anything about him having to find anyone in particular. I, well, think, I think they're just going to leave that for the fans of Celebration as a tease, get us a lot more excited in person. They're not going to give that much away already. Because I think, I think they're pretty confident with the material that they're going to be presenting that they don't, they don't really need to sell us on it by having some secret character. They want to, they want to show the environment, introduce the new characters that are going to be in the film or the series. I think he's looking for a kid. I remember reading that and 
or it was at least rumored that it was a child he's looking for. And then in the D two three trailer, they show a woman with a young boy or girl kind of like taking cover. I think it, I think it could, I be think a, that's the kid. I think it could be a, a bait and switch though, from the, from the, the clip that they showed us at star Wars celebration. Um, you would leave feeling very heavily that uh, he is looking for something more important than just a random kid. I've seen the clip. Right. So the the clip leads you to believe that it's a very secretive thing and he, they don't say the name of the person. They only give him a, like a number and it makes you believe that it isn't just like some random character. I think this if it is a random character, he has ties to something way, way, way more important to do with another big character. Sure. I'm sure he's connected to something we know about, but yeah. I'm I'm putting money on I'm not actually putting money on, but if I did, uh it's a kid. It's not a character we know. Yeah. But he might be connected to something we know. Yeah, there's something secretive about about him. And and just the way John Favreau is described uh making this movie, like he's described it as, you know, dumping out the toy box and just getting to play with all the different toys. I feel like he would have a hard time restraining himself from maybe uh using some cool characters from the past that we all are very uh, you know, familiar with. I think there's a high chance that Boba Fett ends up being alive in this thing. Um, Didn't they already say that Boba Fett's not going to be making an appearance? Yeah, but... You know, they can lie. They can lie. I think one of the most popular non-canon things that actually was like canon at one point was Boba Fett surviving the Sarlacc pit. And I think... Uh, that is something that is very plausible that could be well so he still might have um because i believe the canon after the the big expanded universe purge established that when jabba's sail barge exploded that that actually killed the sarlacc somehow um and then in one of the books details uh someone finding the armor that from the description a lot of people assume is Boba Fett's armor uh, like discarded somewhere but so it's possible Boba's still alive even in the new canon I think it would be kind of cool to go even further down the western route with like a gunslinger showdown where Boba Fett you know maybe finally meets his fate first the Mandalorian uh which obviously the Mandalorian doesn't have a name and that's also a secret. So you wonder why he doesn't have a name uh, and why we don't know his name yet. Can you imagine how many 40-year-old neckbeards would have an aneurysm if the Mandalorian killed Boba Fett in a duel? <laughs> yeah, that's mm, true. Oh boy. How crazy would it be if the Mandalorian turned out to be Boba Fett? Well, I mean, why not? But that's the only way that would ever make me like Boba Fett is if they expanded on him within the new canon. Uh, Boba's the patron saint of unwarranted fanboyism. Like, he just had cool armor. He had cool. That's it. That's all he had. Because he really people get his his fucking symbol tattooed on their you know huge calf muscles and his you see that shitty uh leg star wars emblem tattoos that seems to be a thing 
Well, um, talking about the Boba Fett, the the man. Yeah, that weird cow skull thing. You know what I mean? Hey, those are cool, man. Yeah, so cool. I want to get it tattooed on my <laughs> on my Ghibli bits. Where where are you? No one said you had to get it tattooed on your dick. That's not what I meant by Ghibli bit. Anyways, uh, Bill Burr's in this show. Yeah, I know. It's kind of odd. That's weird. Um, ne- what's her name? Natalia Tina? Or Natalie mm-hmm. Tina? Uh, who played Tonks from uh, Harry Potter. She's the, Twi'lek. she's the Twi'lek you see in the teaser. Yep. Which looks great, too. Uh, she looks great. As cool a- having Twi'leks back. Yep. Dude, I just I'm so excited for this show, man. I also something interesting for the people who don't know this is that Disney is doing a week by week release. They are not doing the binge mode model. Which uh, they, Yeah, I don't know. I mean, why? it's definitely to keep people subscribed. I mean, that's exactly what it is. I think being at seven dollars a month, it's not gonna be difficult for them to keep people subscribed. Right. Yeah, I guess since they are, they're not going to have a huge amount of original content right off the bat, then kind of breadcrumbing it out makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, um, I think there's going to have to be a watch party for sure. It's, I, I really, really, really have a great feeling about this and I, I hope it has, you know, a cultural impact much like, um, much like, uh, a, a game of Thrones did where it just, it, it just, you know, people watch it and love it, and it's it's not just something. Hey, we love it because it's Star Wars, but we love it because it's like it's a great story. So obviously, rooting very hard for this, and uh, we'll have to see where it goes. Um, any final thoughts on the Mandalorian before we move on? Uh, no, I'm I'm really excited for it. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing more more episodes. Okay, good good. Moving on to our next story, uh, also involving Disney Plus. The surprise announcement that really wasn't a surprise because scoopers like to ruin big surprises for everyone. Uh, Ewan McGregor was on stage at D23 to announce that he will be back as Obi-Wan Kenobi in a Obi-Wan Kenobi miniseries coming to Disney Plus exclusively, which that is uh, going to be a apparently eight to ten, six to ten episode, I think it was, eight to ten episode long miniseries on the Obi-Wan Kenobi character after the events of the Revenge of Sith. Now, one number one, total missed opportunity by Ewan to not say hello there when he surprised everyone walking out on the stage. That was a swing and a miss, and he really, really should have done that. That would have got the place fired up immediately. Moving on to what? Is this story going to be about? Are we excited? Some people weren't very excited. Like, I didn't like the idea necessarily of re- revisiting Obi-Wan Kenobi when, like, this stuff was rumored three years ago. I think it has since gained traction. I have always wanted Ewan McGregor to come back as Obi-Wan because why not? I would love to see him back. He was the best part about the prequels. Wait, so were you interested in it or not? Oh, I was, no. I said there was a lot of people who weren't, like, did not like the idea. Of, of about three years ago when this stuff was coming around they're like do we really need this do we need like to revisit these characters and it was kind of like the Han, when Han Solo got announced I don't feel like people felt like that was necessary but I feel like Obi-Wan has slowly gained attraction with the public and you know I think everyone's very excited obviously to see 
this new show with uh, Ewan McGregor's Obi-Wan Kenobi. Um, I'm very excited, of course. I mean, I, I loved him in the prequels. He's the best part about the prequels. And for sure, uh, I'm, I'm very excited to see where, where the story goes. But that's the most interesting part. Uh, where is the story going to go? What could the story be that makes sense? He's on Tatooine. He's watching over Luke. Is he going to leave Tatooine to go do some sort of quest? Is he going to stay on Tatooine the whole time? Who's the villain? Oh, shit. Hold on a second, guys. I'll be right back. Who's the villain? Who's, who's the, 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 you know, what's the story here? And that's what has me really confused, but also really excited about what could be. What do you think, Tim? Yeah, I mean, that, <clears throat> there's a lot to be left up for. I, I guess they can expand on a lot of things. Because, you know, at that point, what, Darth Maul's already dead. So he's not going to be the villain. Um, it's, it'll be interesting because they well, can hold introduce on. a lot of characters. Darth Maul isn't dead at that point. Uh, Darth Maul does meet Obi-Wan Kenobi later, uh, way later around uh, a new hope time and uh obi-wan kills him that's in that's in rebels but uh okay i don't think it would make sense it wouldn't make sense for him to be the villain because of right rebels, so right so it'd be it'd be really really interesting to see what villain they would end up using um i think could use the inquisitors or something like that but um i mean i honestly i don't know what they would do I, I'm interested you know, it, just because it'd, it'd be nice to see his post-life. I'm sure he's, he's going to do a lot, maybe even get Liam Neeson in it um, as Qui-Gon. That would be pretty cool. Dude, that has to happen. They have yeah. to, It wouldn't make sense. It would make no sense if Liam Neeson does not come back as Qui-Gon Jinn unless, like, he's moved on from being a Force ghost or something, which I, I – that isn't canon that he's moved on. So you got to bring him back. That would be such a great moment in the show to have Qui-Gon Jinn back as a Force ghost, you know, mentoring Obi-Wan. It, right. And it's an interesting point. Like, the, who is going to be the villain? What is going to be the story? Because, you know, you bring up the point of Inquisitors, and, yeah, that's, that's a cool new kind of canon piece that's been in Rebels and, and comics and everything. But are, are we are, – is this Inquisitor going to be just like a throwaway type villain? Because – you know, Obi-Wan's beat Anakin Skywalker. He beat Darth Vader in a, in a way and, uh, you know, left him for dead on that planet. And he's, for yep. as much as Obi-Wan knows, he's dead. So are we really going to feel like an Inquisitor would even have a shot at beating Obi-Wan Kenobi? I, I mean, that's what we're, I, the, the problem's going to be for me is, are they going to introduce a villain that's compelling enough and, and powerful enough that makes sense that he could be a real threat to Obi-Wan. Obviously, we know he doesn't die. Obviously, Obi-Wan yep. lives, but you would like to see some sort of greater risk going on, and uh, that's where, dude, it's so up in the air. You just don't know. Right. But apparently, the scripts have already been written for this thing, so like yeah. they have you know, already know where it's going. You know it would be cool if they, if they, if for whatever reason, they decide to keep Mace Windu alive and introduce Mace Windu into the series. That would be pretty sweet. Um, that would be interesting. Maybe That's actually a really interesting point. Like if Mace is like the villain or something like that. Yeah, or, like maybe his he's just like succumbed to his anger after his failure, or maybe he's going rogue and and Obi Wan knows that you know he's he's just gonna do more harm than good. I actually kind of like that. I actually kind of like that a lot. Like Obi Wan finds out that Mace Windu is still alive and he's not only hunting down Sith but he's destroying everyone in his path, including. 
uh, Jedi surviving Order 66 and because yeah. uh, uh, he thinks that the Jedi failed in letting Order 66 happen and not uh, and, and all that. And um, yeah. dude, that's an interesting, that's an interesting take. I'm actually not opposed to that. I, I could, uh, Mace Windu would be an actual challenge to Obi-Wan Kenobi. That would be, exactly. that w- that's an interesting, interesting take. I like that actually quite a lot. That would be because I mean, one, yeah, you would, you wouldn't have to introduce like a completely new villain, someone you already know, um, and everyone loves Mace Windu. But it'd be, it'd be interesting to see him fall from, you know, from uh, the light side. Does Another, everyone love Mace Windu? Everyone likes his purple lightsaber. I think everyone thinks Mace Windu is a dick. I think he's pretty badass. <laughs> you know, you know, that, you know, that also be kind of cool. Um, now, I don't know if this would be a thing. Um, and I'm not as familiar because I know Snoke has some comics. But what if Snoke was the bad guy? And his whole deformity was from a battle with Obi-Wan. That's, that's interesting, too. I, I don't know if they would reach that far to have him be that t- the, the villain of this show. Um, but it is an interesting take. I, I'm not opposed to that either. Um, that's uh, yeah. I, I, that's that's something that could happen. Um, but man, it's it's very hard to tell. I really just don't know what where this it's a, where this could go. I think it would be no, no, that wouldn't make any sense to have uh, Alden and Reich's Han Solo in this because he doesn't meet Obi Wan until much later. Right. Um, but. I don't know. It's going to be interesting. And that's what's, this has me just as intrigued as the rise of Skywalker. You know, we're seeing more and more about that movie, but still, I think not, no, I, I know we have no idea where that story is going or what it's about. None. There's, it, haven't there been some other rumors that they may potentially have Grievous come back? No, uh, I doubt it. I would hate that. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be a fan. Um, I would hate that. That 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 would be stupid to me. I would hate that. I thought Grievous was just, I didn't like Grievous much as a villain anyways. I thought uh, Grievous was cool. Again, he's a cool villain. Is he a good villain? No, he's a very cool villain. Much like, you know, Mace Windu is like, he's a cool Jedi. I don't know if he's a great character, but uh, I think people love, uh, Grievous just because he had the four lightsabers and was uh, that was kind of cool that he collected them from dead Jedi and everything but no that doesn't make sense he got shot in the heart and is dead there there's uh, that that is that yeah. for me um but other than that man I, I just have no idea where this story will go I just know we're probably going to get a lot of Tatooine um I wouldn't be surprised if we get like a young Luke shot uh maybe to end the series I think the most compelling part about this whole show is going to be Obi-Wan eventually finding out that Anakin is alive. Because for all Obi-Wan knows, Anakin is dead. He, he left him on Mustafar, burning in a, you know, as lava and, and roached on him and lit him on fire. Obi-Wan believes Anakin to be dead. He goes to Tatooine. He cuts himself off from the forest to keep Luke protected as he watches over Luke. So he believes, yeah, Anakin's dead, and that's that. In this show, Obi-Wan is going to have to reconnect to the Force for whatever reason, and I, I know there's that, that I, I feel like this is going to happen. I feel like this is going to be a scene. He's going to reconnect to the Force, and he's going to feel Anakin is still alive, and he is, and, and he is going to 
like freak out. Not freak out, but like, you know, calmly react the way Obi-Wan would. And yeah. I think it's going to be even more compelling for him to eventually see what Anakin has become, to where he's not Anakin at all anymore. He's more man, he's more machine than he is man and is a total dark side entity and there is no hope for him. I always kind of look at that fight between Anakin and Obi-Wan as like Anakin having so much rage as he's trying to fight the light and the good. I mean, the, the dark and the good at the same time. And he's trying to have this interior battle where he's trying to overcome this. And this is where all this rage is coming from. So even during the fight, there's hope that, that, that he might still come back. And Obi-Wan, you know, having to kill him and him dying there, it all dies out. And, and he is fully part of the dark side, of course, until the, the, you know, the return of the Jedi. But yeah, um, very interested, man. Uh, I was very excited to see that finally get announced. I really wish, I really wish Scoopers didn't exist anymore, man. I, I, that would have been so much fun to find out that he was coming back as a surprise, a total surprise. He just walks out on stage and, and says he's coming back as Obi-Wan. Um, and he just saying, he, on stage, that clip, man, he just seems so happy. He seems so passionate about <clears throat> that character. And, and Oh, yeah, I know. Um, yeah, he's, uh, he's definitely excited. And I'm sure he's been getting, you know, blown up by fans for the past few years just saying, oh, are you going to do another Obi-Wan? Are you going to do another Obi-Wan? Yeah. It's and and he's apparently had to lie for four years because he's known for a long time that he was going to be able to that he was going to come back as Obi Wan, and then uh, and then he had to you know lie for for a very long time to um, um, you know keep the surprise hidden uh, uh, yeah. in a way. Um, but yeah, okay. Well, that's the Obi Wan uh, news, and that's going to do it for the the. Um, the TV part of our podcast here. Um, moving on, uh, let's talk about this rumor that I, I that came up about a week ago, but I wasn't entirely, you know, sure what it meant or if it was going to be that big of a deal. But Carrie Russell having a scene with Mark Hamill apparently is something that is going to happen. Um, there is a rumor that Carrie and Mark had a scene together on set. I find it compelling because why would they have a scene together in, in this movie? And, and there's a lot of different things that I, I can think of or, or, you know, a lot of different theories I can think of. And I kind of wanted to just talk about them and, and list them out. And maybe we can come to an idea of why uh, Carrie Russell's character would have a scene with Mark Hamill as Luke Skywalker, obviously. Um, so, yeah, Tim, what are your thoughts? Um, yeah, I mean, because it's still a rumor, so we don't know for a fact that it's happening, but I'm, I don't know. I mean, it's definitely interesting. It kind of goes back to her theory of whole, of her being like the Mary, Mary Jade character. Um, could be. Which, that could definitely lead to something. But yeah, I mean, why would she be in there? Because, you know, that that leads us to believe is it going to be a flashback when Luke is still alive or is Luke still alive? Um, if Luke is still alive, you know, why are they meeting? If this was a flashback, how do they know each other in the past? Yeah. You know, it's definitely, it's definitely possible that the ship that we see in the trailer does belong to her. And maybe, maybe Luke knew of Ray beforehand and gave Ray to her to take away. 
Um, that could definitely be why we're seeing them together. Maybe they're discussing all of that. Um, I mean, those would be, those would probably be my top ones is that, you know, I think Luke was aware of Ray beforehand and, and she took Ray away. Yeah. It's, it's an interesting, it's an interesting thing because one, if it's a flashback, then Luke and this character had history before, if it's a flashback. So there's that. Two, if it's a scene that's happening in the current and the present, is Zori Bliss really that big of a character to the point where she's going to see Luke Skywalker as a force ghost? Like, I just, that doesn't seem to add up to me that a brand new character that might not have much to do with this story at all would be, would, would be like on in a scene with a Luke Skywalker force ghost. So that doesn't make sense to me. So I'm curious, like, if if there's some sort of like i mean i feel like it has to be a flashback because why would why would this bounty hunter type character have a scene with luke unless there's like some sort of luke resurrection where you know he's alive in the flesh or something like that those are like the three things that could be going on i feel like um i mean i don't know maybe it's not as outlandish as i think to have this new character you know be a part of a scene with a Luke Force ghost, but I, I do kind of feel like it is. So it, I it, this rumor has a lot of, you know, gas to it. I, I just, I, I'm curious. I just don't know why they would be sharing a scene. Yeah. I mean, and I, I hope we get a little bit more information about who, she, who her character is in the next trailer. Um, Cause I mean, there, I mean, as, as you mentioned earlier, there's a lot, I mean, it's, we, we haven't gotten a lot of information. It's been very slow. Um, and so, which is one thing I like about it, is the fact that we still have very little idea of what actually is going to happen in the movie. Um, and I like that because it, it leads me to go in with, with not very many expectations and allow for more surprises. Yeah, I think yeah it's there's gonna be there's gonna be plenty of surprises there's no doubt about that and just the snippets we've seen uh so far we've already had like eight huge surprises so uh you know that this whole movie is gonna be jam-packed with them um yeah i'm curious tim i'm wondering like apparently carrie russell's character and poe dameron have a past uh like and i don't know if it's like a a sexual past or if it's just like they know each other from the past um But you do wonder if it's like a, if it's a, um, if maybe there was a flashback and maybe Luke and Carrie, uh, as Zori Bliss really is Carrie Russell's character. So maybe Luke and Zori's had some sort of, you know, uh, a relationship and, and Zori maybe serves the emperor and knowing that she had a baby then the emperor would reject like that or, or kill, try and kill her baby, especially knowing if it's like a Skywalker that she abandons Ray on Jakku and um, Luke never knows who she is. And that's why he doesn't know who she is when she shows up on the Island. Um, yeah. I, I, I don't know. Cause the more and more I think about it, man, the, I, 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 I firmly do not believe that the rise of Skywalker is about Kylo Ren's redemption. I, I feel like that's too on the nose. I feel like that's too easy. I feel like that's too obvious. I don't think JJ's going to do that. JJ took a ton of criticism for doing the obvious thing in Force Awakens when I think he was just doing, yeah, maybe more obvious things to get people on board again with Star Wars, setting up a universe 
he had to kind of take those punches. And he, I don't think he's going to go for that again. Kylo could get redeemed in this. I just don't believe that the Rise of Skywalker has anything to do. It might have something to do with it, but I don't think that's going to be the bigger picture. I don't think that's the big point of the title is Kylo right. Ren's redemption. So I, I feel like it has to do something with Ray. Um, yeah. And honestly, like I've been thinking about it a lot more where, you know, it could potentially be that Ray is a Skywalker and kind of go back to the whole Revan story where, you know, Revan was a, a dark Jedi and had his mind wiped. Um, it, it could be something similar with that where maybe Ray was a dark Jedi. Cause all we know is there's a flashback of when she was a kid that was getting dragged away on what we assume is Jack Coop could definitely be somewhere else. And then the next thing, you know, she's grown up and she's living in a Walker kind of living as a scavenger. So there's a lot of assumption there, but it also leaves a lot of room for other things to have occurred between that time. Um, yeah. And I, I think that would be fantastic. And, and one idea that I had today, and I, I mean, this is pretty far-fetched, but you know what would be kind of cool is if the Knights of Ren was actually created by Rey, because Rey and Ren are very similar. And so I'm wondering if maybe, you know, she was the leader of the Knights of Ren, um, and then she got captured, got her mind wiped. They changed her name to Ray, left her on Jakku by herself. Um, and then the Knights of Ren went out, you know, looking for something. So what are they looking for? Maybe they're looking for something to um, restore her memory because she lost it. Um, I mean, there could be a lot of other things, but. Um, I think that's, there, I mean, it's not a bad idea. I do feel like, you know, Ray has literally counted every single day that she's been on that that planet though like remember in the walker she has marked it and she has like thousands upon thousands of markings yeah. so, so it could have been that you know whenever they left her there they carved it up automatically just so then she assumes that she has been there her entire life yeah i i don't i mean i don't i don't disagree with that you know potentially being a theory i i feel like that might go you know, it might be a little too far fetched. I mean, that's what I, that's actually one of the bigger problems I had with Endgame was that, like, you know, uh, that there's like this, you know, mind wiping or, you know, just like an Endgame that time travel was its crutch to fix the, to, to make the story work. I, I, I kind of feel like that might be going down the same way where it's like, okay, we only have this amount of time to explain why this could happen. Um, so I don't know if that's that's going to be the way it is. I I, I think there's, be, but I think I love I love the whole Revan story, and I I think it'd be amazing for them to canonize it, and especially with Ray, because no one no one would really see that coming. Um, yeah, and it kind of goes to that snippet that we had where you see her, you know, as a dark Jedi with the the double bladed red lightsaber. You know, that definitely could be you know her in the past um before she got her mind wiped and, and, you, and we'll and we'll just and we're gonna we'll do, discuss that a little bit more too uh later as we're we move through um but that's Sorry. getting a little getting a little ahead of myself no that's fine um that's it's, it's it's i but it's curious you know it is it's you just have to wonder i don't uh, so you know probably 100 percent. we're making way bigger a deal of this carrie russell being uh uh a part of um this movie 
or, or part of a scene with Mark Hamill. We're probably making a hundred percent too big of a deal out of it. It's not going to turn out to be anything, but you know, curiosity can get the best of me sometimes. And I just want to take it and run with it. Um, so yeah, that was an interesting little rumor. Carrie Russell and Mark Hamill share a scene together. What will that scene be? I guess we'll have to wait until the rise of Skywalker drops in theaters in this December. Um, moving on, we're going to talk about the biggest, probably news, the, the biggest piece of uh, news probably to come out of Star Wars Celebration, or Star Wars Celebration, D23, and that is the Rise of Skywalker uh, sizzle reel. Um, and um, it, was, it wasn't much, but they fit a lot in that. They fit a lot in a very small amount of time. Um, we get a scene of them walking up, of Finn, Poe, Ray, C-3PO, walking up on what appears to be some sort of celebration going on on a desert planet. We get um, a great freaking shot of Kylo Ren walking on the snowy planet and knighting his lightsaber. We get an amazing shot of Ray and Kylo actually having a legitimate lightsaber battle on some sort of watery planet and waves are crashing around them and it looks absolutely freaking epic. We get a voiceover of the Emperor uh, saying, uh, your journey is at its end or is almost at its end or something like that. Um, and the biggest, <laughs> the biggest, oh, we get, we get Ray throwing her ignited lightsaber through a forest and cutting down trees and having it come back to her like Thor's freaking hammer. And then we get the biggest scene of the entire movie or the entire movie, the entire snippet there where we see Ray as a Sith um, or dark Jedi, what have you, um, with a double-bladed red lightsaber that flips open into a full lightsaber like Darth Maul's, and she's wearing a dark cloak and has a dead face, like a dead look on her face. Um, totally no emotion. And that's how the clip ends. So, this snippet had a lot. I want to talk about the Ray part at the very end of the podcast here and have that be our big topic. So Whoops. let's talk about, it's all right. Let's talk about <laughs> the other parts of this, this little snippet here. And then we'll finish up with uh, our theories on what that was with Ray. Um, Tim, my favorite shot of the trailer, other than that, that part of Ray was probably the Star Destroyers lined up by the thousands in a stormy, cloudy sky coming up on something. I don't know what it's coming up on. All I yeah. know is that was scary as shit, and it immediately made me feel like there is going to be some absolute desperation going on in this movie. Like, absolute backs against the wall like now we're never desperation we have one living jedi and a ragtag group of, of, of the republic the rebellion and you know there's thousands of freaking star destroyers coming up on us um man that was a great shot yeah no i definitely looks really cool um because i mean in the in the original trilogy you see some scenes and like in return of the jedi you see that giant battle scene where there's 
a lot of Star Destroyers, but nowhere near as many as that. So it, it kind of, you know, invokes fear, you know, like, oh, you know, they've rebuilt. Um, you don't know if it's, you know, current or maybe it's a flashback too. Because one thing does pointed out is those Star Destroyers don't look like the First Order Star Destroyers. They look like the original ones. Um, yeah, so I'm wondering, I feel like, I don't feel like it's a vision. I feel like though it's, it's like maybe they found an old, an old like fleet of these ships or something like that, or or some planet was ha- like had a ton of them stored there, or uh, like I think maybe that Kylo has enslaved planets and is, and that's why he's been able to build up his fleet because he's just having these people build all these star destroyers like in a crazy amounts. Um, I, yeah. I I feel like that'd be a shame if that was a vision as well. Yeah, or I mean, it, it could also be the whole fact that you know they have the first order because the first order has their own their own ships and maybe while the first order is battling the resistance palpatine is just sitting on the sideline building his own fleet um one to step in you know after the battle between those two and to claim control of the galaxy essentially so maybe maybe that's that planet where we find palpatine because who knows? May, Palpatine may not even be on the Death Star. Um, that may be a misdirection where you think he's still on the Death Star, but he could entirely be somewhere else. You know, the outer realms or the outer regions, just sitting and waiting while everyone's fighting each other. Yeah, it's um, um, sorry, checking <laughs> me. Yeah, that's uh, it's interesting. Um, I'm gonna be honest. I don't know like anything you just said in the past thirty seconds. Uh... Well, okay. <laughs> hey, let's talk about that festival scene right off the top. That looked like that was gonna be a lot of fun. That looks like a lot of fun going on there. They they just look like they're having a blast, time of their lives. Yeah. Kind of reminded me of Midsommar a little bit, um, you know, doing some Swedish, Sweden uh, traditions. There might be some sacrificial um, cult stuff going on, but. Yeah, that'd be great. No, I mean, it's definitely. What? It'd be interesting to see who are they and then kind of what are they doing there? You know, sorry, I think my internet is acting up. Um but yeah, I mean, I mean, are they part of the resistance? Or are they just natives? Um, to me, if they're part of the resistance, it shows that they're kind of rebuilding a little bit, especially after the last Jedi. I feel like they're just going to end up being a native, like tribe or something like that, that they come upon in this on this planet that they ended up, you know, journeying to. Um, so I, yeah, I don't, um, I, I don't think uh, they'll have much to do with the story. I just think it's going to be something for the characters to do and maybe enjoy. It could be just like a moment of levity for them all to just have a moment together and, and be together kind of like um, this, you know, the scene where with the Ewoks before they actually go do battle where they're kind of just, you know, hanging out and, and celebrating and having a, uh, a, a old get together with C-3PO as their God and everything like that. I think that's what the scene will, that will, what the scene serves as is just this bit of levity in this movie that could come up a little dark do you you think uh c3po goes full god mode we can only hope those red eyes made me believe that he was going to be you know 
a Sith Lord, and that's that's what I've been hoping he would be my entire Star Wars fandom, my entire <clears throat> yeah, time. I've been. I mean, he could have started it all. Maybe he was set as a probe for uh, by Palpatine to help turn Anakin to the dark side. It it would all make sense. It would all tie the story together if that gold son of a bitch was a Sith all along. I'm actually really curious about what those red eyes were. Those yeah, very. very he, I'd have to look at it again. Initially, I thought they were just reflections, um, but maybe maybe he has an an insta kill mode, kind of like Spider Man, where he just goes. <laughs> that would be awesome. That would make <laughs> that make sense why he has that like that the bowcaster and that one mm. image of him. Yeah, he has an insta kill mode now. That'd be hilarious if they just completely turn the episode. Make C three PO badass. Yeah, just change his whole uh robotic thinking and whatnot and he just becomes an, an assassin droid oh boy yeah that would be that'd be awesome um for sure no no doubt about it that's what we're now that's what i'm hoping for now and i'd be disappointed with anything less um what else what else uh I think I'm I'm really liking the way Finn looks in this. He looks like he has some actual personality and is a true rebel fighter. I, I'm I'm very excited. He doesn't look so, you know, plain. He with his character design this time around. He actually looks like a badass, and I I, I appreciate that kind of growth in his character. That also uh, symbolizes uh, his growth in his in his you know style. I guess a little bit. It, it definitely looks more resistance fighter and less just uh you know going through the motions type character right right yeah and i I really hope they i mean based on what we've seen so far it looks like they're gonna make an emphasis of further developing his character out um because he's with jana um so it'd be interesting to see what their relationship is and how they grow um but i mean i i I was really disappointed with what they did with him at last jedi because i just felt like his character development was very flat. And so I'm hoping that he has a very big part in this last one to, to kind of make up for all of it. Because it, in all honesty, I mean, they built him up so much in Force Awakens and he's overall, I don't think he's had a very huge impact overall within both movies so far. So um, I'm, I'm hoping they, they add a lot of, um, pizzazz to his story and and make him a, a lovable character yeah I, I i loved him in force awakens i do feel like he was wasted in last jedi i kind of felt like he was given a, a side plot that didn't even really matter much at all um and uh um you okay there max yeah sorry what's wrong Nothing. Um, um, what is? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Finn. Um, yeah. So he hopefully he has a really cool part in the Rise of Skywalker. I believe he will. He's gonna have some pretty game changing moments, and it's gonna be badass. Um. Okay. Next part though. Uh, the scene of Kylo and Rey fighting on that watery planet, watery watery area on old metal object. And just freaking having a, a having a duel of all duels, 
Now that looks like that would be towards the end of the movie. I have no idea when that's going to take place, but I feel like that's towards the end of the movie. So you wonder if there is going to be any sort of redemption going on. Um, I or if it could be totally wrong. That could be at the beginning of the movie. It might be the first thing they do, but uh, uh, that looked awesome. The choreography looked like they were actually, you know, having a real saber fight where in the force awakens it was really kind of just, you know, Ray just really trying to defend herself versus actually fighting and uh, there really wasn't a, a fight in, in the, uh, the Last Jedi. So um, I was, dude, it's just great to see lightsaber fighting, like actual lightsaber fighting back in a Star Wars movie, dude. This is the first actual oh, yeah. freaking saber fight we've gotten in the entire trilogy. In The Force Awakens, it's not really a saber fight. They're ba- like, again, Rey is just trying to defend herself. She's not really like attacking or, or looking very skilled with like, a, a lightsaber and either is Finn. It just, and it just looks kind of. Yeah. But I also think JJ Abrams really wanted to emphasize or go after the lightsaber fighting style that they had in the original trilogy, where it wasn't all flashy, like in the prequels where it was kind of more sophisticated and less choreographic, I guess, where it's all CGI and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, sure. But uh, it, it is just really nice to see it back in full force. Yeah. Uh, lightsaber fights happening. Uh, oh, do you think it's going to be cooler than that uh, throne scene in Last Jedi? Yes. That, that scene was pretty sweet. Uh, it is a cool scene. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a cool scene. It is. Um, but I, <laughs> you know, I just wish it was you know, lightsaber fights uh, with like saber on saber uh which we didn't get but it's okay it was still a great scene i have a poster of it i have an art print of it because it's it's that cool yeah um all right well let's move on to the uh the big topic of the night which was uh you know going right off of this that vision at the end vision scene throwback whatever it might be uh of ray as a sith jedi where she is wearing a dark, big dark robe and has this uh, freaking awesome double-bladed flip-out lightsaber, which is what everyone has been calling for since she's had a staff as her main weapon. Uh, Everyone's been calling that she gets a double-bladed lightsaber, and J.J. Abrams delivers by giving us this. Now, it's very interesting if it's going to be a vision, if it's going to be a flashback, if it's just going to be like that thing where Luke fought himself in the cave where he fought like himself dressed as Darth Vader. uh, you wonder if that's just what this is. I feel like this, there, it's a very strong chance that this is just a vision. Um, but I wanted to get your thoughts on it, and, and let's list some different possibilities of what it could be. Yeah, so as I said earlier, um, it'd be kind of interesting if it was a flashback to Ray in her past life, because, again, we, we have an assumption of what she was like before we're introduced to the character, but it'd be it'd be kind of interesting if, she had already fallen to the dark and then she either gets her mind wiped or something happens where she then becomes good. Um, and so that's just kind of her older self. Um, I honestly don't think she turns to the dark side uh, just because if they were to do it, it's not going to be as effective if they do it in one movie where she turns to the dark side and they flip her, they would, they would have to kill her if she turned to the dark dark side, in my opinion, because 
you can't have an effective redemption story within a movie. There has to be the suspense. Um, and I don't think there'd be enough time where she would actually turn and then get redeemed. Because yeah, there's a lot of scenes with her in a blue lightsaber. She's definitely not going to the dark side. That's not, yeah. that's not happening in any way, shape, or form. They're not going to turn, you know, uh, a, the, you know, the first female protagonist and a, a, like, main character in a Star Wars series into the bad guy at the last second. They just aren't going to do that. Now, I think there's a, ch- a couple things. There's a chance that, yeah, it's just a vision. That's all it is. I would be kind of boned by that. I would love to see like that devil bladed red lightsaber in action and not just be ignited, flip open, and then the vision's over for Ray. I would love to see like something play out of that. That'd be kind of fun to watch. Two, yeah. there's a chance that she is being possessed by uh, uh, by a um, Palpatine, where she is under his control and uh, she has gotten this double bladed lightsaber from him and her cloak from him, and she's in full possession of him because he's just like a super powerful Sith god at this point because somehow he's still alive and he's been alive for the past like 40 years and has been able to be who he is now. And then there's the other chance that people have been thinking maybe it's potentially a clone of Ray, like she it was already a clone of something else, and this is uh, one of her clones that may be a guard for the Emperor's like you know area where he's residing, and maybe the Death Star or something like that, the Crash Death Star. <clears throat> so there's that as a that as a chance too. The one thing that makes me interested is. If it's a vision, it's a very interesting lightsaber for her to choose as a vision. Where would she have right. seen that before? Where would that have come from? And like, why would she think of that? It, it, it that makes me wonder: is it really a vision? Because that's a right. very specific type of weapon to have a vision about, you know? Right. And it, it could also be that um, it is something that happened in the past. Another another thought I actually had was, um, and this is this kind of takes a page out of Marvel's book where they show you something in a teaser trailer or trailer, but it's not 100% the truth. It could potentially be where this is her accepting the dark side, both dark and light. And maybe it's not a double bladed red lightsaber. Maybe it's half red, half green or half red, half blue. And they just colored it to all be red. Um, But in reality, it's going to be two different colors. That could be true. Which I, I think would be an interesting idea because then it, it kind of encourages the whole idea of the gray Jedi or, you know, as we I think, I think it would be kind of a, yeah, and I think it would be kind of a bummer if if it's just a vision of her with a double-bladed lightsaber and we never get her actually with like a cool, maybe light side double-bladed lightsaber. I think that's got to be hopefully the way they go. It's like, hey, if we're showing you this, like hopefully she makes her own like double-bladed saber or something like that. Um, I mean, you'd have to wonder why she's still using the uh, Skywalker saber and all of these different uh, uh, clips, but uh, it's, it's, uh, you'd feel like it's kind of a waste if that's all that turns out to be. It was just a little, a little teaser and she never uses the double bladed lightsaber in real life. And all it was was just a vision or a nightmare that she had. And uh, that's that. I would be kind of bummed out by that. I would love yeah. for her to actually use something like a double bladed saber. Well, uh, one other thing would be kind of interesting is maybe in her battle with like Kylo, it happens first half, maybe halfway through. Maybe she gets her lightsaber destroyed. Um, maybe she finishes Kylo and she uses his Kyber crystal because that's the only one she has and she has to construct her own lightsaber. 
I mean, that, that could be something else as well that I think would be really interesting. Cause it'd be, Oh, in a way her and Kylo teaming up, um, but also having Kylo kind of out of the picture. Yeah, that'd be interesting. I could see that happening. Like she finishes Kylo and like, she takes like his hood robe and like her, like maybe Kylo gives her his saber and like in his dying breath or something like that, because hers is broken and, and the Skywalker blade is finally destroyed or something. Um, but it's very curious. It's very curious. That was a, it's, you know, there's, if there's one thing JJ Abrams is known for is being able to get people hyped out of their fucking minds over just a little bit of trailer. And he does it consistently and constantly. And uh, we still have so little idea of where this movie's going. It's so hard to put it together and piece it together there. He, he is, you know, obviously deliberately doing this, and good for him. I would rather be going completely surprised by a lot of things than just, you know, knowing it from the trailer. Um, but it's pretty funny, man. We're like, uh, what, September, October, November. We're like four months out from this thing. Uh, less than four months out from this thing. And uh, we have no idea where this movie's going to be, <laughs> where where it's going, what the story is really. Uh, and you wonder if J.J. Abrams, you know, if he, I feel like he's throwing it all out there. We got the scene with a ton of Star Destroyers. You get this badass lightsaber scene you, with Kylo and Ray, uh, Kylo and Ray fighting on that, like, you know, that, that place in the water that looked like just a badass scene. You're getting yeah. a double-bladed red lightsaber. You're getting uh, Ray using like force speed and jumping over Kylo's ship in that one part of the trailer. You're getting Lando flying the Millennium Falcon. Like I feel like he's going all in with this. He's like, I'm going to tell an original story, but I'm also going to use like I'm going to give people what they want. So um, I, you know, you you don't have to sell me on it. I was going to be button seat no matter what trailer or not, um, but. Uh, my excitement grows for this movie that's for sure as does mine all right well i feel like that's going to do it for tonight's episode of force vision it feels good to be back doing a force vision we're going to be a little more consistent with these because more news is coming more often and it's uh not as sparse as it was in june and july so uh we got a lot more episodes of force vision coming and we will obviously be your source to go to when you want to get a full discussion and breakdown of all Star Wars news that comes out during the week, because that is what we do. And we love to talk about Star Wars. So uh, for Tanner Rush, who has again abandoned the podcast halfway through, um, he was a joy to have on and back on the Force Vision podcast. You can follow him at Danger Rush on Letterboxd and Instagram. Tim at Tim Trist at Letterboxd and Instagram as well. Tim. Any last uh, final thoughts before we sign off? Um, everyone dies. Palpatine wins in the end. Yes, that's 100% correct and accurate. And as always, I'm your host, Max Liedem, at Max Fozzi. You can find me on Instagram and Letterboxd. You can reach the Force Vision podcast on Anchor. You can go there, leave us a voice message about your questions, your thoughts, your theories on the new footage from the clip that we saw this week or your thoughts on D23. We'd love to patch them in. Your voice would be coming in. It'd be like a radio show, and we'll respond to your questions, your queries, anything like that. We'd love to have you do that. You can do that from the Anchor app. Leave us a voice message. You can also follow us at CinemaxicPod on Instagram, at Cinemaxic on Twitter, and CinemaxicPod at gmail.com. You can send anything you want towards us, and we would love to talk to you guys about it and uh, discuss and bring it on the podcast because that's what we do.
That's what we do. We love, we love our listeners. So without further ado, thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode of Force Vision. Be on the uh, lookout for another episode of Cinemastic coming this week as well. And we will talk to you guys next time. May the Force be with you always.